0: So it's great to be together, great to be able to worship God together with our singing and with our hearts and expressing our love to God and declaring his truth and God speaking to us. And we're gonna continue. And just want to welcome everyone here again. My name's Joe Crummy, I'm one of the leaders here, and we've been doing over the last couple of months, we've been learning about the Holy Spirit, and we've been learning about who he is and looking at what he's done throughout history in the Old Testament, New Testament, today, what he's doing, and we're gonna continue really this morning i uh, kind of giving sort of a bit of a review, and I was really encouraged when John Calhoun, who was leading worship here this morning, just talked about how God had been speaking him to remember what God has done, to remember the past and to remember what God has done, and that's some of what we're going to be doing today, because what it does, it gives God glory. It proves and shows and reveals that God's at work, and what it does, it builds our faith to keep trusting God for what God has in store for us today. Tomorrow, the next few days, weeks, months, years ahead. And what it does as well is we realize, and it gives us confidence in God, that this is His church. He started it, He's leading it, He's building it, and He who began this work is faithful to complete it. And so as we go through, um, what we're going to take a look at is, I'm going to just share, not in uh, exhaustive detail, but some of the things that we feel would be helpful to communicate for our past, our present, and our future, and where we believe that God is taking us. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm struggling already, because I just feel like weeping. So I'm going to break down and cry. I know it, so I apologize. Now I'm trying to hold myself together, but in worship, God just uh, just met with me, and, and when we realize where we've come from and the grace of God upon our lives, it really is amazing. And sometimes we can forget that every one of us Is a miracle that god has taken our lives and transformed us and is continuing to change us to be more like his son jesus it's overwhelming it really is so we're gonna try to continue and really what i wanted to kind of start from is we see a picture of a church in the New Testament in Antioch, and we're going to read about its beginnings here in Acts chapter 11. And it's an example of a church in the Bible that we see in the book of Acts that is a type of a model of church. And we're going to just look at one part today, but as you go through, it's one church that gets mentioned several times. So it's really helpful. It's not the only model, but it's one model. And we believe that what God's doing in and with us parallels a lot of what happens in this church in Antioch. So that's what we're going to read about today, and then we'll pull some things out from it. And we can see just the influence of the Holy Spirit in leading churches. And if we start it, we just don't have time this morning, but if we start it in Acts chapter 11, it's right after Peter has been sent by God to Cornelius, who wasn't a Jew. And if you know the story, God spoke supernaturally in a vision to Peter. He spoke supernaturally to Cornelius, they met, Peter went, and these non-Jewish uh, people became believers in Jesus Christ, which is just like revolutionary in that day and in that time. And in chapter 11, Peter goes back to Jerusalem, and he's reporting to his fellow Jews what took place. And I'll just give you, just to show that the Holy Spirit's involved, Peter reports to Jerusalem about his experience with Cornelius the Gentile, and he says this, God spoke to me in a vision, and three times God gave him this thing in a vision, so God speaks through visions. Verse 12, and the Spirit told me to go. So it was against everything in their culture, but the Holy Spirit said, go. He said, so I went. And in verse 15, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on, as on us at the beginning. Verse 16, and Peter says, and I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And This is another beginning of his church. And we're going to pick it up right here in verse 19 of Acts chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along and we'll read it together. And Luke says this, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen, remember Stephen was martyred, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, Men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. They're going to see what's going on. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord." And so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, who we know changed his name to Paul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Isn't that interesting? Now, in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus. There's a great name, so for all you... Pregnant ladies, there's a good name that you might want to uh, take a look at. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So here's the early beginning of this church in Antioch. And we see from their beginnings, that God started this church. There was persecution, Christians went out, and they preached about Jesus, people were saved, and that was the beginnings of a church. And it was started by a move of the Holy Spirit working through his people. And for our church, and many people ask, how did our church get started and things, really, it's this, we were born of the Holy Spirit. And there was a move of the Holy Spirit in the mid to late 90s and through a church in Toronto called Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. And over several years, about three, they estimate about three million people from around the world made their way to this local church because God was moving in a powerful way. And many of us, myself included, visited this church to meet with God. And we were radically impacted by the presence of God, the move of the Holy Spirit during that time. And it's hard to kind of put into words, but for many of us, and I, I'm not, I can't speak for everyone because we all have different backgrounds and everything, so this is kind of more my personal context to it, and I know it doesn't fit for everybody. It was really, to be honest, I grew up uh, in church life. I believed God, and I believed the Word of God, but as far as an experiential, and you don't always need experiential, but it helps because when we read the Bible, these people experience God. It was A wake-up call to say you know what this is all this is all real and it's not just bible stories and it's not just playing church and going to church this is real this is like living god and we just sang about jesus is alive and that changes everything and the move of the holy spirit really awakened his church to this that god loves and it really opened up and maybe you've heard it termed this way that this whole move of the spirit was the father's love it was the father's heart and god warmed up his church again from cold religion to god really loves us and what ben just sang out full of truth from ephesians 1 and 2 is revealing the father's heart that you're my beloved that i love you i gave my son for you that changes everything, because it goes from obeying rules to relationship, and that has an immediate effect on everything in our life. And so many churches, unfortunately, not many in Canada, uh, were changed, but throughout the world, it's has had a quite an impact, and for some of us here in Canada as well, we were very impacted, and it was quite a transformation to change our lives, to bring us into a whole uh, realm of, of the Holy Spirit who most of us hadn't heard of and didn't know anything about, and it brought life to the churches, and many people were saved and at it, um, but what it did is this as well. It was messy because it, the Holy Spirit comes, when he comes, it causes change, and it comes against cold religion. It comes against power structures in church. It comes against all these things that aren't healthy, and it's messy because the Holy Spirit loves his church and loves Jesus and won't settle for things to continue on as they are, he brings change. And that is painful and messy and ugly, but necessary. <laughs> and that, So, I'll go to the next one. This is really, this is the, it was the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> one other thing I should mention at that exact same time, you might have heard of Alpha, and we've run the Alpha course, and it's an introduction to the Christian faith. In the late 90s, God used Alpha, out of Holy Trinity Brompton, a church in London, England, Anglican Church, to really, at the same time, bring a whole uh, move of the Spirit around the world through the Alpha course. And so we uh, were one of the first churches to run an Alpha course here in Fredericton back in 1997, and we have some of the folks here today, I know Kelly's here, and then later on Marlee here, radically saved through uh, the Alpha course. And so that coincided with what was going on in Toronto, and actually people from Holy Trinity Brompton visit Toronto and were impacted by God, and that helped fan into flame uh, the Alpha Course throughout the world that's just still going on today. Millions of people have taken the Alpha Course and God's used it. So all those things, my point being, the Holy Spirit is the one who helped start our church. And there was good news For many of us, we had changed lives. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. We experienced the presence of God, the power of God, the love of God, the heart of God, the mission of God. We experienced freedom from sin. We experienced freedom to worship God, freedom to share Jesus with others. There was an excitement. God is real. It was exciting. But the bad news was, we were absolutely clueless with most of these things to do with the Holy Spirit. So it was great to prophesy as we heard, but none of us knew sort of the guidelines and how that worked. And so we were getting introduced to spiritual gifts, but we didn't have anyone to model and to teach us and to train us. And so that leads to sometimes misuse, that leads to all kinds of different things, which is messy. And sometimes when you do a review, you can do the nice, neat, and tidy part. I'm just being honest with you, it was a bit chaotic, and Toronto got a lot of bad press, and a lot of these things got a lot of bad press because of some of the excesses and chaos and all of that, and we had God working, and we had the flesh involved, and we had to sort through both of those things. The other thing is this. We were you know what? Starting church and planting church and being involved in early days of church, I'll tell you, it's hard work, and we had this sort of thing happen where we realized for some of us... We just want to go to a a renewal meeting we want to worship god we want god to speak to us and which is all great but there's a whole part of church life it's serving as well and for those who have been doing it for many years back in our early days we moved around i think we're in our 16th or 17th venue um, in the last number of years and it takes effort to set up and tear down it takes effort to work in the nursery and when we started, we had probably about 80 to 100 people, and after a year and a half, with great joy and excitement and vision, we were down to about 20. So it was, we were church growth 101. It was great. It, it, yeah, We got rid of people left, right, and center. It was... Because uh... <laughs> we really didn't know what we were doing, and it's hard work. Because God gives us gifts and that to serve, and it's hard work. And I'll tell you what, relationships are hard work. And when we started, and I asked Betty for her permission, is Betty here? She's serving. Yeah. I remember when I first met Betty, and I she has I've got her permission to share this. So my first life group with Betty back in the late 90s, it was difficult. Because Betty, you were difficult. (laughs) And it was hard work. And some nights, you know what? I don't want to go because I don't know how many F-bombs Betty's going to drop tonight <laughs> to, uh, to get mad at us and storm out, and she was full of anger and hurt and bitterness, and you know what? Sometimes it's just easier. I just don't want to go, because it's messy, and it's hard, and relationships are hard. And I remember Betty many times storming out of Eileen Lindsay, was leading the group at nancy and Cyril's, and it was hard and nancy and Cyril, you're here it was hard wasn't it it was hard and for some people it's just i don't i don't want this i just want my me with god and i don't want the commitment and the hard work that goes with it and so we were born of the holy spirit and it was great and messy all at the same time And this is where God provides in his thing. And I'll come back to Betty in a few minutes. I won't leave you there, okay? But I'll come back to her in a minute. Sorry, Betty. Did I I mention I asked Betty's permission to share some of this? Some of you are going like, what's he got to say about me? Well, I might ask for your forgiveness later. I'll see how we do. But this is how God provides, because God knew that we need it and if you remember antioch what happened there was a move of god and we read this the report of this came to the ears of the church in jerusalem and they sent barnabas to antioch they sent a father to help father what god had started and for us we were able to by god's grace and mercy we were experienced really adoption and we experienced this when we're saved when Jesus brings us into his family and he, we recognize everything that we've been singing about this morning, that he saved us from sin, from the power of death, from Satan, and when we commit our lives to him and realize what he's done on the cross, and we'll talk more about this next week at Easter, and we realize that we're born again, we're born of his spirit, we get adopted into a family. So individually, we get adopted into a family, and for us as a local church, we didn't have anyone. We weren't part of a domination. We weren't part. We knew what we wanted to be, we didn't want to be some little group, we didn't want to become cultish at all, and we asked different denominations, would you adopt us? And I don't blame them, because we were a mess. They said no. <laughs> That's just honest. We met with many denominations and said, and they're like, well, you're not really us, and we don't know what you're doing, and we don't know what you believe, and I don't blame them. I probably would do the same today. But there was one group of churches called New Frontiers, and at one of the conferences in Toronto, um, when Mike, who was leading the church at the time, came back with the VHS tapes that we have worn out, I think. This is, tells you how old school. Some of you don't even know what VHS tapes are. There was a guy named Terry Virgo, who many of you met because he was here just with us in April, and a guy named Dave Fellingham and Lou Fellingham, who wasn't even Lou Fellingham back then, Lou Hunt, the leading worship. And they came back, and out of Toronto, there was, for maybe the first time, we had somebody who was... Word of God, and I came from a Baptist background, so the Word of God was really important, yet open and being led by the Holy Spirit. And it was sort of the first time we we're like, what he's teaching and what they're modeling, that's exactly what's in our heart, but they know what they're doing. And through a whole series of events, I remember being at Mike's home in January 1997, and we nervously made a phone call to England, and they put us, it was hilarious, because we called the church office for Dave Fellingham, Sorry, he's not here, but you can call him at home. And we're like, we're allowed to call him at home? (laughs) And so Mike and I, we called him at home. We said, look, we're this little church. We've been born out of the Holy Spirit. We believe God has stuff for us. We don't know what we're doing. We've seen you in Toronto. We love what you're doing. Can you help us? And that's that's the short summary. And Dave, who's going to be with us next week, the same Dave Fellingham, 18 years later will be with us. Dave was like, we build out a relationship. So this is before Skype. This is almost really before we were even emailing very much. We were old school. We called each other on the phone. <laughs> and he said, we'll just talk every couple of weeks and we'll get to know each other. And so we did that January, February, March, April. And Mike and Brenda and Angela and I, we had kind of done this little fleece in January, because we were pretty de- depressed and discouraged. If nothing changes in the next three months, if no one gets saved, no healings, nothing changes, then maybe we're making this up, and we've misread God. So we gave a three-month fleece. So during that time, we talked to Dave. So this is January April. At the same time, we ran our first Alpha course at Nancy and Cyril's home, and Kelly got saved on that Saturday, February the 14th, on Valentine's uh, Day, which was a memorable day. So in those three months, we, we saw people saved as we taught Jesus, and now we are responsible. They think we know what we're doing because we are now like parents of these new babes in Christ. And so that happened in those three months, and at the end of the three months, Dave said, actually, Jew, I think God's in this. We're coming. <laughs> Not a very good British accent, but that's what. <laughs> so in three months, people got saved, God moved, and we were, there was hope for being part of a bigger family of churches. And that September, Dave and Rosie and her crew came and uh, really started to lay foundations in the church life, which we'll come to. But God provided parents, and then obviously through that, Dawn and Stephanie, who are still with us, and now Jeremy and Ann. And we saw God provide in just miraculous ways. And we saw God provide in finances, which is really faith building. And uh, I'm not sure if Hugh Hicks is here. I know he's here. Oh, there's Hugh. So back in the early days, it was Hugh and I and Penny Buber, who's down south right now. She'll be back in a little bit. We were involved in Cyril and Leo, uh, who's up in Kids Church. Um, And this is a hilarious story because we're walking by faith. We have very little money, and we're trying to sort through all these things. And in the early days, Penny was doing the books as treasurer. And if you know Penny at all, this will make sense. As she's doing the books, she would put everywhere PTL. And so everywhere, when she would just put PTL. So we had our first time, our audit done, and we went to the accountant, and he came back to us. I don't know if you if you remember this or not. He said, Everything lines up. He goes, but I cannot figure out why these PTLs are everywhere. And Penny, we were like, oh. That's praise the Lord. <laughs> so every time the budget balance, she put PTL. <laughs> so our accountant's just kind of like, he's probably at some accounting conference right now saying, "You not believe this?" One time when I was at doing these <laughs> churches books, and there was a P- PTL, and he's probably telling a good story about it. But it was, it was like praise the Lord. And in 1999, so we've been meeting for a few years, and we were meeting, we met in this hotel in 1996, if you can believe it. So upstairs where the kids are in one little room, we all fit in that one room for everybody. So it's kind of weird being back here all these years uh, later. So we met all these different ways, and I remember one Sunday, it was June '99. And we had to get up on Sunday, and this is the first time this happened in our life. We had to get up and say, we don't know where we're meeting next week because we had been on a week-by-week, can you imagine, a week-by-week lease in this building for a year. And God bless him, Fred Berstow was so kind to us up on McLeod Avenue. And week-by-week, and he finally came and said, guys, I'm sorry, but I've got another tenant, and I need you out by next week. So we got up on Sunday and said, we don't know where we're meeting. We'll let you know by the end of the week. And that week... We, Mike and I went, and there was, a, I think it's where the credit union is now on Queen. We went and looked at a building, and, which was millions of dollars. And I mean, we're like 30, 40 people. And but with great faith and very naive, we uh, talked to him and he said, I've got the perfect building for you. He said, it's the Oddfellows Hall, corner of Brunswick and Carleton. Now, I've driven by that building a hundred times and never noticed it. So he said, corner and just like, I can't even picture it. He said, so we walked. We said, well, we'll walk there right now because we were just around the corner and that's the current building that we own on Brunswick Street. So that was a Tuesday. We went through it on Wednesday. We were signing the lease to start renting on Thursday and we had our first meeting there that Sunday. So that was pretty cool. And then it gets even better. Said so the Odd Fellows are looking at selling because there's no for sale sign on it so you wouldn't know. So this is now... We're in June, July, and they want to sell it as soon as possible. So they gave us a really good price. We have no money. And so we have, this is July by Labor Day, so we have two months to come up with $50,000 for the down payment. 50 grand. So that would be equivalent of like us saying, okay, in two months' time we need $500,000 for a down payment. That would be about the percentage-wise. So it was so laughable... We didn't do any yard sales. We didn't do any car washes. We did nothing because we're just like, you know what? <clears throat> A couple thousand from that isn't going to help. We just need to pray. And we wrote letters to our friends and family and said, we have this opportunity. Would you please give? So we took up our first offering in September. We needed 50 grand by the end of the month. And uh, we call it the River Stones Project, this whole thing from the Old Testament about stones of remembrance and everything. So we had rocks. I don't know if you remember, those of you who were there. So we pulled out the rocks for every thousand Dollars, anyway, thirty-one rocks, thirty-one thousand dollars. We were like, we were blown away, weren't we? I mean, it was like amazing. Now that's the good part, thirty-one thousand. That's like three hundred and ten thousand coming in in just two months. Now here's the scary thing: we still need it nineteen thousand, and we all knew we put everything in the first time <laughs> around, <laughs> so we knew we were tapped out. <laughs> And so we took, so during that time, they thought there was an oil spill and we had to get testing done, you know, all the environmental stuff. I added another 7,000 out of our pocket, but what it did, it bought us another month. So that took us to November 1st. So we took up another gift day at Thanksgiving. We, we, that got us up to 46. Like, how, where that money? How we got another 15? I have no idea. But we're still, if you do the math, we're still 11,000 and we've got, two weeks, or three weeks from Thanksgiving. So we prayed like crazy. We gave our last Sunday, so like Sunday, and then we're supposed to buy it on Tuesday. We got the other 11,000, and we went to the bank on Monday. Remember, Hugh? We put the money in, and we bought it on Tuesday. God provided. And I, I still don't know how that money came in but somehow that money came in and God provided and that's been a great building for us what a great location it's we've been able to do all kinds of incredible things God has provided we're remembering so John Calhoun wherever you are thank you it's a good reminder we need to remember what the lord has done now i got to speed up cuz we haven't even hit the year 2000 yet so um i'm really uh i don't have angela here to say joe come on She's up in kids' church. Okay. So, really, from that point on, we can see we're born of the Spirit. God's provided. God is providing. And we believe we wouldn't be here today if if it wasn't God's church. And can I just say this? Jesus is the one who starts churches, and Jesus is the one who closes churches. So, if you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, he walks through and he's like, it's his church. So Satan doesn't close them down. Jesus starts and Jesus closes. And one of the reasons why I'm a bit emotional this morning is I was preparing for this this week and I count it in our our time, and this is just the churches I know that were vibrant, healthy churches. I count it 15 in Atlantic Canada that don't exist today, that were in the late 90s, that were healthy, vibrant Churches that don't exist, they've closed down. And so I realize, you know, it's the grace of God that we're here um, today. So God has provided. So, uh, so as we continued on, we see this in Antioch, that Barnabas came. And it says, When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And one of the things as we transferred from Dave and Rosie to Don and Stephanie Smith being sort of like parents and helping us with it, Don Smith just kept saying this to me and to all of us, build a model, build a model, build a model. And now you can say, what do you mean by build a model? Here's what I mean, okay? So many of you know Tim and Pamela Nogler right here. So Tim owns Southern uh, Exposure Construction, and he is into the whole building houses, using... The sun, passive, all these different... T- and using windows from Germany and all these incredible things. And I'm talking to Tim, and he's telling me all this stuff, and I'm going like, oh, man, that sounds really good. I don't have a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm agreeing with him because I'm like, wow, the energy bills, is $10 a month. That's really good. But he's using all these terms and everything. I'm going like, I don't have... But this is what they did. Win and Janice over here, they built a house. Win and Janice that you can go to, that you can see, that you can walk through, you can experience. Oh, oh, you use thick walls. Oh, I get that. Oh, yeah, the windows. I get that. I, I can see. I go, oh, you angled it. gets the sun. I can... Everything he's talking about that I'm kind of going like, sounds really good, but I don't have a clue what he's talking about. You go to Win and Janice's house, you can see a model. And you can go, oh, all these terms I didn't understand. Now, what I'm about to say... I have to be careful. I'm going to use some examples, but you've got to hear my heart. I do not think we're the perfect church. I don't think we're the best church. I don't think that other churches aren't doing it right, so hear me loud and clear. I'm saying what God has told us and for us to focus on, and Don's saying build a model, is the things I'm going to talk about we don't see very often in Atlantic Canada. I don't think we see very often in canada and i 'm not putting other churches down by all means, we learn all the time we 're meeting with sunset and saying, "How do you guys doing all those alpha courses that 's awesome we 're meeting with Smy street and saying how you're doing a great job of your kids work and jody 's meeting with them and saying, "How are we doing a brunswick we 're working so we 're learning a lot from other churches. Hear me loud and clear. but in this example from Antioch, we see some of the things that we 've tried to model and try to build really from the late '90s right up to current day, but certainly into 2010 and beyond. Here's a couple of them quickly because our time's going. The grace of God. And we sang about it this morning. There's grace for salvation from sin by faith in Christ Jesus. So for sure, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. So the foundation is the grace of of God for salvation. It's a gift. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We receive it by faith. It's faith in Christ alone. He's defeated Satan, sin, death. Hallelujah. That's the foundation. But it's also grace in everyday life to continue to live a life that pleases God. And what do I mean by that? I mean, it's a model that personally I didn't experience. I was saved by grace, but then I began living once I was saved by grace, back under rules and religion and not understanding that God has provided his Holy Spirit and he provides. We just sang about it this morning. If you picked up the the, song, the the notes in This is Amazing Grace and in To You, King Jesus, it talked about daily grace to walk out this journey and this adventure that God has us on, that it's every day. So we're saved by grace, but then we don't just go on living, oh, I'm saved by grace, but now I'm back to, under my own strength. No, God gives us grace. To live every day for him. that's a radical thing, and we're always teaching on that, and I come back to Terry Virgo is, for me, the best teacher on grace and living that out. And if you haven't, go to his website, buy the book "God's Lavish Grace," and immerse yourself all the time. It changes everything. That's the foundation. And Barnabas came, and what did he say? He saw the grace of God. And we're trying to model the grace of God. It, it affects everything. It affects spiritual gifts because we're grace. Remember, we talked about last week, prophetic. Okay, It's grace. It, it's a safe place for everything else to get worked out. What else do we have? And I'll, Sorry, here's Romans 5.17, just to back that up, Paul. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, the original Adam, death reigned to that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace And of the gift of righteousness, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So reigning in life is we can live an overcoming life over sin and everything because of the grace of God. He says, with steadfast purpose. Be faithful, steadfast purpose. Oh, i got to keep going. Disciples. He says they were first called disciples, or disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Disciple is a follower, a student of Jesus in heart, mind, and strength. And that's really influenced us so much so that we've changed our name to Christ Central Church because we want people to be clear that we're all about making Christ central in our lives, his church, and the world. So we used to be called the Meeting Place. And I'll tell you one of the main reasons why we changed, because this is fresh, this is just a phone call I got last week. I got a phone call last week from someone in the city, and they said, uh, I'm calling, and they said, I know it used to be called The Meeting Place, so I thought maybe that you guys just believed anything, and I want to do this, so I thought you'd be the right group to call. And I was like, well, no, we're all about Jesus. And, and I'm like, that's why we changed. That's the main reason why we changed. It was too ambiguous. People didn't know we were about Jesus. So because we want Jesus to be central, that's why we changed our name a few years ago. And disciples first called Christians because Christ was the main thing that people saw in their lives. it's He is central. It's like our world revolves around him, if you can use that analogy. So that affects our relationships, our finances, our priorities, our values, everything. And Jesus is central in his church. Jesus is the head. It's his church, so we need to listen to him. Jesus is central to the world. We're singing it this morning. To you, King Jesus. You reign, you rule, you're bringing everything under your headship. Your kingdom is ever increasing. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we're trying to model community life. So, with our life groups and through everything, through friendship. And what a joy to see Betty go from early days in life group to seeing God do a complete transformation in her life, so that Gail can get up last week and say, Betty dropped everything to come in to serve. When Betty started out, as Betty has said before, she was a taker. What can you do for me? And now Betty's serving at the elementary school, and Betty's serving here, and Betty's... And I remember the morning Betty got up and said, I've gone from being a taker to a giver. And I was just like, hallelujah. <laughs> That's God at work. That's community life prayer. We're calling out to a sovereign God, and I was so happy and pleased and so helped last week when we were praying for Jeremy and Ann coming, Dave, the people who are gathered there calling out to God. God speaking through his people. We were able to write them down this week. We send them out. We're hearing what God's saying. We're testing. We're weighing. We're trying to be a model in leadership, that there's leadership gifts given to men and women that... Leaders are to serve, and to lead, and to oversee, and to shepherd, and to feed, and to lay down their lives. It's all about serving, using spiritual gifts, our time, our passions, our energy, our money to help the poor, to everyone and to be involved. Priesthood of all believers, that we can worship in spirit, and in truth with the whole of our lives, that we can grow inwardly, we can grow numerically, we can grow in influence into the city, and into the nations. That's all trying to be model church we're empowered by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, so we're trying to be a model in the presence of God, that God's presence is valued and prized individually and corporately. Terry, I was listening to a message this week from Terry Virgo about the presence of God. He was excellent. He's just talking about the power of God. It's the revelation of who God is. It's the glory of God. Woo! That's what we're about. It's the Word of God. Truth. There is objective truth. It's The word of God is valued and honored. It's our standard. It's God's revelation to it. And it's given by the spirit of truth that we're a prophetic people that God speaks to us. I better keep, keep up to date with myself. God speaks to us through his people that God leads like Peter to Cornelius. God guides like Agabus speaking through him for the church to give. God strengthens. He sends gifts to the church just as Jeremy and Anne are coming. God propels us forward. If we continue on with Antioch, we're going to see in Acts 13, they fasted and prayed. The Holy Spirit spoke. He sent out Barnabas and Paul. They went out. They preached. They planted churches. They started. They came back. They reported back to the church what they were doing. All these things are a model that we're trying to And again, we don't all get it right, but that's what we're going for and that we're empowered to be witnesses that we're enabled and equipped that signs and wonders, we're praying for them to confirm the gospel. We're saying more, Lord, and we believe from this church that honestly, I feel even more and more this week and it's another one of the weeping. The Bible says this, when we receive power from the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, it's to be martyrs for Christ. And most of us here in our locality, we're going to be made fun of. People aren't going to understand our worldview on marriage, on how we parent. They're not going to understand stuff on finances. that are, We're going to be misunderstood on so many. And folks, that's going to be our martyrdom. It's going to be our reputation, our popularity, all those things. But for some, and I believe from our church, we're going to go to the ends of the earth, and I believe it, that we will have physically people laying down their lives for the gospel as we do brothers and sisters all around the world today and that's being a model and that's what we see in the new testament church i'm gonna have to skip this one because i want to get to where i believe god's going but just to say we're trying to be a model in the ephesians for apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers that we believe it wasn't just for early church that those gifts continue today and it comes back to Tim noggler and trying to understand all these different terms he's using we're trying to build a model that you can say oh apostles i get there are gifts from god they're sent sometimes they start churches they come and lay foundations in doctrine and in practice they're like fathers to the church they're not policemen they're fathers there's a big difference between them they help us to go to regions beyond they model things for us oh we've seen that dave and rosie moved here I don't know how many times Dave's been here in the last 18 years. They lived here with us for three months at a time. Don and Stephanie have been here for extended periods. It's like Paul saying, I've lived with you. I've been like a father. I've been like a mother to you. I've had coffee with you. I've prayed with you. I mean, Don and Stephanie, you think about everything that they've done over the years. So how many people have been on the sandwich run? Well, Don and Stephanie have been on the sandwich run. How many people have had coffee with Betty at her home? Don and Stephanie have had coffee with Betty. I mean, they've lived amongst us and have been with us. That's all for today, that they're gifts to the church to help build the church. Days very prophetic. When he comes, it's like we've got a prophet among us. Ginny is coming from England to be with us, a prophet among us to help envision us, to help hear what God's saying, to help stir us, to motivate us, to envision us, to equip us, and to help us become more of a prophetic people. We've got Andrew Wilson teaching us there once a month on our bible theology we've got a teacher an ephesians 4 teacher gifted to equip us to help us as a body all these things are being lived out today and we're trying to believe and hoping and seeing that god's going to raise up people from our church in all of those different areas to bless atlantic canada canada and the world so what's that leading us to it's this that we believe god is speaking to us and leading us and we see this in antioch that one of them So the prophets came named Agabus. I just love that name. I can't get over that name. Stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. So sometimes prophecy is, like I said before, a warning. It tells us what's coming. It's not always about the future, but sometimes it is. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. There's an outward focus about helping others in different parts of the world, even people of different culture, background, that God wants us to do. And we're involved in a family families of churches and we started out it was still new frontiers Terry Virgo who just was here in April at our conference was sort of the father of these family of churches. Now we have families of churches and it's like the father's had sons. So Terry many years ago released probably at least 40 different sons and Jeremy Simpkins being one of them to have their own families. And there's So it's kind of under the bracket of New Frontiers, but really we've got 40 different spheres of influence and uh, apostles that are leading their own families that have characteristics of the dead, but their own, and we're part of Christ Central Churches, but we've got friendship, so we can be praying together and giving together. We've got teamwork. We can do more together than we end. We've got partnership. We can share resources, people, prayer, and finances, and we've done that with helping in Vancouver. So it's so... Wonderful to be there and to see James and Liesl, who were with us. James is now an elder in that church. Sarah Troutrim, one year with us here in Fredericton. Saved, baptized, going to school in Vancouver. Full steam ahead in that church. We had a part to play in that. We're going to have Rich Crosby with us in a couple of weeks. And it's been great. Uh, Getting to know Rich's uh, dad here, Russ is here, and uh, with Judy, and then Becky and Patrick, his sister and brother-in-law. And Rich is from Fredericton. He's been in Brighton, England, for many years now, and he's felt God called him to Ottawa. He and his wife to uh, plant into Ottawa, and they're going to be moving in November to do that. And Rich is going to be with us in a couple weeks' time. And Joel Virgo, who's helping to oversee that, and Joel's helping him. They're going to be here at the end of April. Uh, They're coming to Ottawa, and. They want to be here, so we invited them to be here on a Sunday morning to be able to share. Different family than Jeremy and the creep, but all part of family, and we're going to be working together as an example. Joel and Becky shared it. We've got encouragement with Jeremy and Ann and Dave coming and Ginny to be strengthened. We know we're not alone. We can be stirred. We can be shaped, and sometimes it's just helpful. You've got different eyes to see Things. We're so in it. Sometimes you need an outside perspective to say, "Here's what we see." God speaks and God leads. And just briefly, some of the things that we've had spoken to us as a church. Gary shared it again this morning. Isaiah 54, and this whole thing of strength and lengthen. So much so that our church weekend—that's what we—that's going to be our theme for our church weekend in May. And she encourage you to be, at, and everyone's invited to that. This whole thing of building and planting. Planting and building. So, this whole strengthening, deep roots in the Word of God. And we see in the Bible, there are Timothy's who a lot of times they stay at a local church to help it grow. And we need Timothy's to stay here in Fredericton. And we need to train and bring us to maturity and help people get saved and set free from things and growing and training leaders. There's a whole strengthening, deep roots. And there's a whole lengthening. We're going to the left and to the right. We're being stretched locally. Our sandwich run is growing. We're stretching to the left and to the right. Our kids' church is stretching and growing. So there's lengthening here locally and then translocal as well. And we can see that as everywhere that we're getting involved in, strategically and being led by the Holy Spirit. The Antioch church was a key base. There were leaders who gathered, they trained, it was a resourcing base as we had time to go through it. They were sending out, they're replicating, they're reproducing together, they were a real hub in the New Testament for gospel expansion. And we believe that humbly. That's what God's calling us to be. And we've had many words about that. We've had many words about leading the way and being word and spirit, apostolic and prophetic. And let me just read one example. Um, so this is from our friend Nathan Miller, who lives in Guernsey. And so we, uh, Gary and I met Nathan uh, six years ago. And it was through Nathan and his wife that... Uh, Gary and Nikki Middleton found our church, uh, who are from Guernsey. Uh, well, Nikki's from Guernsey. How's that? I'll be, because uh, she'll correct me later if I don't say it right now. And just through a divine appointment, Gary and I met Nathan, and he felt a call to Canada, and we were in Toronto, and we met up with him for a meal, and we've had this relationship ever since. And they, Nathan was able to point Gary and Nikki when they moved to, Fr- of all places, we met Nathan, and six months later, Gary and Nikki were coming, and uh, they were with us. And so... Nathan, bless him, has for six years now been praying for us, and we email and we Skype and everything, and a couple weeks ago, his church was doing a 24-hour prayer for seven days in a row, so he emailed me and said, hey, I'm going to take some time. I want to pray for you, so I sent him some things to pray about, and this is what he sent back, and this is how encouraging things are. He says, hi Joe, I've been meaning to get back to you following on from our 24-7 prayer event, When I was praying for you and your church, one, Colossians 1, 9 to 23, so you can look that up this week, he said, it was something I read out as I was praying and I felt was an encouragement for the churches in Canada I was praying for. It's great to be reminded what Jesus has done in it all for us. Two, this is interesting. I spent a few minutes praying for the new piece of land you've acquired. I don't know where in the city it is, but I believe God gave me the words, a hub. Now, you're not going to believe how many times in the last number of years we've had the word, that we're going to be like a hub. And I don't know about you, but it's a word I don't, we don't get used a lot. Uh, some prophetic words have common things. You kind of go like, well, everyone says that. Hub is not one of those ones. He says this, this would be centrally placed for the people in the city to come and seek support, refuge, encouragement, and hear about Jesus. It would become a very important part of community life in Fredericton. I've just Googled the definition of the word hub, and it says these two things. A, the central part of a wheel rotating on or with the axle and from which the spokes radiate B, the effective center of an activity region or network anyway i'll leave you to weigh that one up and i'm continuing to pray for you all so good for him to submit it and i was able to say back well nathan you're not going to believe this but we've had the word hub so many times that i believe you know you're hearing from god and that's really encouraging and so where are we going oh i gotta keep going all right First of all, let me just say this. We're going primarily to Fredericton. And if you remember, I said this last year in Wayne. Angela and I were trying to weigh where we are supposed to move in church plant or stay here. And as I shared, um, I think I scared some of you and maybe disappointed others. But (laughs) (coughs) I said, when I shared it, I said, we feel called to go to Fredericton. And that's the mentality. It's different saying, well, we're going to stay in Fredericton. No, we're going to Fredericton because, guys gals if we don't do if our local church doesn't reach fredericton then Charlottetown's going to have to plant into fredericton to do what we should be doing so let's make sure primary we're going to fredericton and we have lots of places that we need to do to reach our part and again i'll just pick on betty just to close that to see all the way betty come now she sees her apartment built on cliff street this is my mission field So she's like, I need to develop relationships. She's inviting people over for coffee. She's sharing about Jesus. She's praying for people. She's got it. Oh, I might never go. God's called me and placed me here, and I see this as where God's planted me for me to grow and to expand to the left and right, and she can use Isaiah 54 into her life on Cliff Street. And folks, every one of us should have that mindset and attitude and mentality that god's got me here and we're going to go to the universities unreached peoples and lillian's a great example of that she's crying i'm going to be crying uh, so we are called to go to the poor we're called to go to the rich we're called to go multicultural and i'll say it again both in fredericton and beyond we're called to the nations, but we're called to unreach people, people who don't hear the gospel. And I encourage, and I say this with all my heart, to all French-speaking people here in our church, I'm going to ask you in the next few years, next few days, weeks, would you consider how God might want to use you to reach French-speaking New Brunswick, Quebec, Canada, because that is probably our most unreached people group in Canada. And guys, we God must have some part for us to play in the gospel going forth, the French speaking. So that's on our heart, First Nations as well. Okay, God's provided for us land in a building and, and hopefully a future building. We've got one now, but we believe God wants to expand it. And on that land, I shared the story last week about it. You know, we went seven years looking at every property in Fredericton We felt like real estate agents. We could tell you everything about them. And in three weeks, God gave us this piece of land. And folks, we've been doing research. We're trying to meet with different people. And I just want to, we don't know for sure, so this is all subject to change. But you just got to understand what we're thinking God is showing to us. Folks, we're not going to build a building that looks like a church building. So just to get that expectation, you got to think community center. You gotta think what can be multi purpose used seven days a week. So I'm just saying this and it might be changed, but you need to get this. We might build a gym first. Because it can be used more seven days a week and we'll meet there than building a big sanctuary that we only use two hours on Sunday morning. You gotta we're not even gonna call it a church. We're gonna name it something else, and Christ Central Church meets at Southwood Park Center or something like that. You gotta start thinking different about what God wants us to do. How can we bless that community? What does that community need that maybe we could do with our building to be a blessing and to serve the community? That's how I want you thinking. And so we've already met with the why and said, are there things that maybe you would want to do there that you could use our building for? Partnerships and talking. and It's all early Stages, And we might end up selling that land because God's got something else for us. That's why I put a little, a big asterisk to say subject to change. So don't, but, you, but in the brainstorming stage, you got to understand what we're thinking. But here's the thing, it's going to take our money, which is God's money to get this done. And so our gift day is coming up, April 12th and 19th. It's going towards seed money for this piece of land and a future building. And that will get used for, whether it's that piece of land or a different building. And so we're asking you to consider giving. And that's what the Antioch Church, they heard of a need. That was for a different thing. That was helping poor through famine. We've got a need to be a blessing to the city that we can take a part in, and us giving to with our own ability, each one determined according to his ability, to be able to help because we want to bless others. We'll get some benefit from it for sure, but would you prayerfully consider, I have an opportunity. What a great opportunity to be able to sow into something that's going to affect people's lives. This is Ginny, who you're going to meet. She was here last year, and she'll be here next week. She sent this to me, and to us as elders. This is in January. Very good track record of prophetic, so we always test and weigh it. She says this, the last few nights I've had a, a strange dream concerning Christ Central Fredericton. She's living in Sheffield, England, so why is she thinking of us? I'm not quite sure. And this happened several nights in a row, the exact same dream. Her husband, she's, her husband Stuart. Stuart, and I had turned up for one of your services. We were queuing, a very British term, to get in, but we were told, we're at capacity. And it was suggested we go for a coffee and come back later because the current meeting was full. So we did so, but when we turned up for the next meeting, we were told the same again and so on. Finally, we queued from the point of being told we're at capacity all the way through until the next meeting was due to start. That way, we got in. Then when we were in the meeting, there was a word or sermon about, quote, this this year is a year of Jubilee, end quote, and an offering was taken, which turned out to be a huge amount. This was used to build a new premise altogether, much bigger, and had a book craft shop, a cafe area, and a sort of advice center all inside this building, as well as a meeting hall. The building became a hub, a facility used very much by the local community, and no one was told we're at capacity anymore." I dreamed this a few nights running, so I just thought I'd let you know in case it has any relevance to anything. She didn't know all the things that we were going for. And then she wrote a couple weeks later, she said, hi, Joe, regarding the dreams, because she sent a few more, I have a sneaky feeling that God is going to stir your spirits towards something radical and new. And so she attached a summary story of what happened to them as a church when they bought their big thousand seat center. I know it's not the same, but I really think God wants to take you all beyond that which can be seen with the eyes into what he wants to show you. Sorry, what he wants to show you is for you in the spirit. It's about believing for what does not yet exist with finances that you do not yet have in the bank. Hopefully, the attached will be an encouragement. Lots of love to you all. Folks, God's speaking to us from people we don't even, you know, we don't even know that they're even... God's given dreams to people that we didn't know God's given dreams to. I'm trying to build our faith to say God has birthed us. God is with us. We're with God. Let me rephrase that. We're with God, and we're going, trying to be obedient to where God's sending us. And as you can tell, we believe that God has an opportunity for us through our gift days to be able to give into this. We've talked about Vancouver, Charlottetown, the Jays, the Gibsons, the Biles, the Ritchies have all moved from here to be a part of that. It was great for Angela and I to be there for seven weeks to live out what Dave and Rosie, Dawn and Stephanie in a small way have done for us to be able to do that. And I know that was a sacrifice for us as a church. I know we were missed. We missed you. And just a reminder, we weren't on vacation the whole summer, okay? So just, I got a few emails from you. I hope you're, you're enjoying your vacation. I'm like, we're not on vacation. We're hard work. Meeting people meals together, answering questions, laying foundations, helping them, and to be able to see growth there, it's amazing. I've just spent a couple days in Halifax, I was with Ben and Lauren and Gord and others there, great city, what a great need, and we're going to share now over the next couple months about Adam and Joanna going, and how we've tested the call, we've been preparing, they've been preparing, we've got like a two-year plan of what we want to do, it's going to look different from Vancouver and and Charlottetown, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different launch. It's a whole different way of doing things. But we believe God's in it. We're going to have Raffaro and Samu here next week from St. John's, Newfoundland, from via Zimbabwe, South Africa, Montreal, St. John's. Go figure that one out. And what God's doing there, Are building relationship with Zambia, which Jeremy and Ann will be able to explain more. And I just want to close with this because this is the beyond part. Oh, man, I've really gone over. Sorry, folks. This is it, and it's the, where to go, because folks, we're just getting started, so even though this is like almost 20 years now, I just feel like we're just getting started. I feel like we've hardly done anything in some ways, and what God is more and more is, folks, it's unreached peoples. So we say we're going to the nations. It is, but it's more, we can have lots of different types of unreached people within one nation, and I believe God's calling us, and I, I wholeheartedly believe, and this is what we need to help in our kids' church, our youth group, university students all the way through, people who are going to be retired. God's going to send people from here into unreached peoples here in Fredericton. So we're going to have people, international students unreached, right in our own backyard, the poor everywhere. We can go on and on. But God's going to send people as well. Some of it's going to be church plants here in Atlantic Canada, Canada, but even more, it's going to grow and grow. We are going to be going to countries that are hostile to the gospel. And I don't know if you, if God speaks to you through the news, but you see the news weekend, don't you just, don't just stir your heart? These countries that don't have any Any gospel, any local church. You say, well, shouldn't we let the local churches there do it? There is no local church there. And God's going to send us. He is. I know we're just getting started, but God's going to send our kids. God's going to send us. God's going to send some of you who retired and you've got time now to do it. He's going to send you to Indonesia or Yemen or some of these places that don't have so folks this is real and when Gary gets up and shares Isaiah 54 we cannot roll our eyes and just say well the prophetic uh, I don't know that's God speaking to us saying I'm strengthening you I'm lengthening you you're going to go and out of chaos of some things that happened in the late 90s, and we felt barren, God's going to send us and use us humbly. And folks, some of us are going to lay down our lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that starts here. That starts with, Lord, I stand with arms high and a heart abandoned. Because a yes now leads us to all those things. So I know our time's gone, so if you're able to stand, is that okay, Joel? We just, I want to pray for us. And I recognize we've got a wide variety of people here. Some of you here this morning aren't even followers of Jesus. And the invitation there is like, it's not by accident you've heard this message this morning, that's God drawing you to his son Jesus because he wants to change your life and he wants to use it for his purposes and plans. For some of you, I hope you're stirred again to go to Fredericton and I hope you don't feel, well Adam and Jonah are going to Halifax so all the excited people are going to Halifax and we're we're just stuck here. That's the wrong mindset. You can say, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Betty. God's got me planted where I am and what does God want to do with me here because we need to reach Fredericton. Some of you are going to feel called to go to different places and I believe hopefully God's dropping some seeds in of countries and unreached people groups that we're not sure it might take years to get to but it's messages like this that God begins to drip feed in lifting your vision and stirring your heart and giving you a heart to follow him and to be obedient to him. So I just want to pray into that now, okay? God, Father, we just thank you, God. You are a faithful God. And we thank you, Jesus, that you start churches born of your spirit, and they're your church. This is your church. And God, I pray, would you help us to be faithful with steadfast purpose to go on making disciples and going to all the people groups And God, I pray even now you're speaking to people. You're speaking to some to become a follower of Jesus. You're speaking to others to have a different mindset of Fredericton. You're speaking to others. You're putting nations and people groups into people's hearts. And Father, I pray, Lord, we know the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. God, I unashamedly pray, God, would you raise up French-speaking Christians to reach into French-speaking, New Brunswick, Quebec, Canada, to the world. God, would you do that for your glory?